This is Retirement Paradise with Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Greg provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is Greg Gunther to help you retire in paradise. Aloha, welcome back to Retirement Paradise. This is Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. If you'd like some more information about what you hear during our show today, you can give us a call at 808-791-2924 or check us out online at therogroup.org. Now, as we age, it can often seem like our birthdays are just another day, which kind of makes sense when you think back to momentous occasions like your 16th when you got your driver's license or when you turned 21 and went out for drinks uh, with friends for the first time. But as a financial services professional, I encourage my clients to view turning 50 as one of their most important birthdays because the half century mark may be the ideal time to re-examine your current financial strategy to determine how likely it is to provide you with your preferred retirement lifestyle. Now, many financial services professionals also consider 50 to be an important year because if you aren't on a stable course towards retirement, you may still have time to adjust your financial strategy and move forward with better odds of achieving your retirement goals. Now, let me pause for just a moment to introduce my co-host with us as always, Tony Shore, who just recently celebrated a birthday and always remembers mine. <laughs> I, I don't always remember yours, but uh, I the only reason I remember yours is because any excuse for cake is my motto, right? Uh, but yeah, March, uh, back in March, not even a month ago, uh, or about a month, about exactly one month ago, I had my birthday. So, uh, that's fun. Um, how about you? Uh, when's your birthday, Greg? Mine is in July. Um, I'm, I'm summer. Yeah. we usually have the, um, gradient gala with our strategic partners, uh, right around my birthday. So that's always kind of, uh, easy to remember. That's fun. Yeah, that's fun. So, it sounds like you've got a great topic for us today, and I'm I'm intrigued by your comment that, hey, if you hit 50 and aren't where you need to be financially to achieve your preferred retirement, there is still time to adjust your strategy. And when it comes to money, I think it sometimes feels like, hey, if we miss this target date or that date, we're out of <clears> options. But I have a feeling you're going to explain to us that that's not always the case, correct? Yes, that is the goal. And uh, 50 is a good time for course correction. There's catch-up provisions from the IRS for your retirement plans. And it's just a good milestone to, to kind of take time out. You know how many clients always tell me like, oh, I wish I would have done this when I was younger. You know, if, you, if you're hitting 50 and you haven't done it yet, it's a wake-up call. Now, as always, I have a very insightful article. Uh, this one's from AARP, and it's titled 10 Retirement Planning Mistakes People Make at 50. And it provides some info that I think is going to be really interesting and it's going to be a nice uh, foundation for us for, for the show. Now, it first explains that you may want to plan to leave your job before the common retirement age of roughly 65, like that old school, whether it's either by your own choice or just by circumstance. The article references a 2022 study by the Employee Benefits Research Institute, and it revealed that nearly half, 47% of people end up retiring sooner than they'd hoped. So the fact of the matter is, if you lose your job while you're in your 60s, 
it may be very hard to find a new one, especially one with the same salary and benefits. When building a retirement strategy, it may be a smart move to factor in that possibility of leaving your career sooner than you'd like to. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hope for the best, plan for the worst, right? And I think if you build a contingency for a sooner than expected job loss, build that into your financial strategy, and then you end up never needing that money, you know, I'm sure there are things that you can, and ways you can utilize that, things you can use it for, and I know you can help people utilize that uh, in a different way, right? Yeah, a great point. You know, you can earmark that as a rainy day fund or legacy planning or what have you. But yeah, I like the way you said that hope for the best plan for the worst. Now, ending up with extra money can never be a bad thing. And turning 50 may also be a good time to double check that strategy. Make sure it's balanced, doesn't contain too much risk or too little risk. You want to make sure that you're in the game and you're and you're thinking long term. And sometimes when people turn 50, they learn they're lagging a bit behind in terms of their retirement savings and then they put their assets at too much risk in an effort to kind of hopefully catch up. And conversely, an excess of caution may also have a negative impact on your eventual retirement lifestyle. Now, earlier in the show, you mentioned working with a financial service professional and a financial strategy that balances your assets and goals is one of the best reasons to work with an experienced one. Well, yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, any of us can make a hasty or emotional financial decision, but working with somebody like yourself, Greg, is a way to take the emotion out of the equation uh, because, you know, you're not too close to it to be able to see the big picture. And that way you can help people make decisions based on data and logic and not just emotions, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the 50 plus catch-up provisions too, Tony, that I mentioned earlier um, are an option for those that people that might be falling short on their savings goals and they know they need to catch up. So this year, 2023, if you're 50 or older, you can contribute an extra $1,000 to your IRA beyond the standard cap. And if you're self-employed, you have a simple IRA, you can kick an additional 3,500 limit on top of that. And if you have a 401k or employer-sponsored plan, you can actually contribute an additional 7,500 beyond the normal cap. So that's a good way to, to catch up. If you can afford it, you can put this year $30,000 into your 401k and that's uh, pre-tax money, and that's not including what your employer might match as well. So 10 years, you can really accumulate a nice nest egg if you wow. can if you can hit that limit. Yeah, it's nice to know that at age 50, there are catch-up contributions, that's for sure. And I, I know that's a valuable option <coughs> for people. Uh, what insight do you have for us on the role that debt will, pl will play uh, into your financial strategy when you turn 50? Is that important? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question, and it it likely won't shock many listeners that person that turns fifty still, on average, is carrying a, a large amount of debt. So it may be smart to pay it down as quickly as possible. Not all debt are is bad debt though. Like your mortgage, for example, if you're lucky enough to lock in one of those low rates when it was really down low, um, that's good leverage. So you shouldn't be any in any hurry really to pay that off. The magic formula for the mortgage is simply one extra payment a year. And the way that loans are amortized is they always collect the interest up front. And it takes about 15 years or so halfway through roughly for it to flip and turn. And a nice trick, if you're paid bi-weekly instead of you know, twice a month, you actually get 26 paychecks in a year. So if you paid your mortgage every 
paycheck, just cut it in half over the span of a year, you'll actually send in that one extra payment. And that really makes that loan speed up. Um, high interest debt, of course, you, you do want to tackle and get that out of the way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, if you can be debt free going into retirement, that's huge. And uh, I think it would make it easier to take big vacations if you wanted to travel overseas or get an RV or take the kids to Disney World a couple of times. Uh, I think it makes those trips all the sweeter and uh, being able to have the money to do that. Now, let's take a moment here to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you if they want to sit down, have a chat, uh, get a plan started. I know there's no cost and no obligation, right? Yeah. And get, having a plan in place is really key. And it's been my experience that once people see their plan and they actually see the numbers, they know exactly where it's coming from. It's a sense of relief. Um, so if you'd like to talk a little bit more about that, you can reach us at 808-791-2924. Got a lot of info on our website too at therogroup.org. All right. That sounds great. Now, it's been a great conversation. We're talking about some key financial steps that happen or that you need to take at age 50 and at 65, what's up next? What do you have for us next? Well, the next potentially beneficial piece is to be thoughtful about taking on college debt. It's common for parents in their 50s to take on too much college debt because they didn't utilize, say, a 529 plan when their children were younger. And some parents may use a home equity loan or other credit source to pay those costs of their, of their child's college education. But that strategy could potentially leave you with a significant amount of debt that you won't be able to address before you reach your preferred retirement age. Now, admittedly, there aren't any easy answers for people in this position because for many of us, sending our kids to college is one of our biggest ambitions. One possible solution is to have your kids take out loans in their names and then help them with part of their monthly payments if if you want to be helpful. Yeah, there you go. I think that's a good strategy to use. I mean, obviously, sending your kids to college can be challenging and stressful. Believe me, I'm dealing with it. I have two in college and one that'll be starting college next year. And wow, financially, it's a tough one. But working with a financial professional and advisor like yourself is going to help reduce some of that strategic and emotional burden. Yeah. And again, the younger you start, the the better. And all those 529 plans, if people aren't familiar with it, it's tax-free uh, for qualified education. And if your kids are lucky enough to get a scholarship, you can always change the beneficiary to like a niece or nephew or someone. Now, turning 50 may be an ideal time to reassess your healthcare strategy too. And I don't mean your roster of insurance products, which is something I'll touch on in, in a bit, but I mean the, the personal healthcare choices that you need to make. If your diet and exercise routine at 50 leaves something to be desired, you may still have time to make some positive changes before retirement. Trade the lunchtime pizza buffet for, for fresh salad. Consider giving up an hour of TV for an hour-long walk on the beach. And don't forget that these aren't just good for your waistline and overall health. They're good for your finances, too, both today and in your retirement. Well, I imagine they would be, obviously, and that's a good point you make. A lot of people view, hey, maybe eating a little better or getting more exercise only as a way to stay physically healthier, but I think doing those things can help us save some money as well. Yeah, it's not cheap eating out. You know, it's, it's no. very expensive. Yeah. And uh, I did mention health insurance products a minute ago, so let's spend um, a little bit of time on those. If you're in good health when you turn 50, it may be easy to 
imagine that you'll be just as healthy when you turn 65 or 70. But doing so may be an unwise financial move. Ultimately, none of us know what kind of shape our health will will be in a handful of years down the road, especially with each passing birthday. And, you know, once you get sick, something happens, your insurance options are kind of gone. So you got to address that while you're still healthy. Yeah, that's that's critical. And I think that you make a great point once again. Now, let's move on uh, insurance products. Uh, what are some things people need to focus on when they turn 50 regarding insurance? Well, I mean, long-term care is always one that, that pops up. Um, kind of like I said before, like you want to you get it when you're healthy. You, by the time you start thinking about long-term care, you know, if you're 70, 75, it, it might be too late. So you have to have a long-term care plan. And Many older people, the stats are that there's a good chance you're going to need some type of long-term care at some point in, in retirement. And it can really erode your savings very quickly. So for some, you know, long-term care insurance might be a little bit of financial protection. I found, though, that on average, the long-term care policy really only pays about $100 a day. It's about $3,000 a month. Um, where a cost average cost of long-term care in Hawaii is about twelve thousand a month, so that's kind of a drop in the bucket. So, getting some insurance coverage is good. There's lots of options out there. Traditional long-term care can be expensive. There's life insurance policies actually out there that allow you to use the death benefit while you're alive to fund long-term care. Um, so that's that's good because that's also legacy planning. Is if you never actually use that for long-term care, it's tax-free money. Uh, to your to your heirs. So there's some thing, things that you have to address with that. Traditional long-term care could be an answer. One of those life insurance policies with what's called the accelerated death benefit rider could be an option, but also self-insuring, earmarking a portfolio or an account that you might not need for income and, and letting that grow. Because if you're going to retire at 60, 65, you probably aren't going to need long-term care for at least 20 years. So that's a long time to to let that money grow and you could tap into your your Roth um, and access that money tax-free and, and cover your your long-term care options yourself yeah it seems like there are a, a lot of different strategies you can use to help cover long-term care and long-term care insurance and figuring this all out is going to be really important for some of us but wading through all of that uh, everything that's available making a solid choice I know that can be tricky but that's, again, why you need to work with a trusted financial professional like yourself to make the whole process a little less tricky. And once you have the right products in place and plan in place, I know your overall financial strategy will be better for it as well. Yeah, we got to address all those things in, in the plan. Um, so that's very good insight. And the next topic, uh, although it might not be the most enjoyable of subjects is the possibility of divorce. Now, if you're 50 and happily married, you should still entertain the possibility of an eventual divorce and plan accordingly. Uh, how might a divorce impact your retirement goals? Would a divorce make it hard to maintain your lifestyle or on just, just your savings alone? It's something that you should at least have in the back of your mind. Well, for sure. Yet another place that you need to hope for the best, but plan for the worst, right? Exactly. And uh, next, for those turning 50, it's time to update your key documents. Now, during my career, I've seen many people make this potentially harmful mistake. First, make sure you've gone through the enhanced planning process with your financial services professional. And second, be sure that you're up to date on key documents. 
And, and that's your, you make sure you have your trust set up, your will, your powers of attorney, your medical directives. Uh, make sure your beneficiaries are all correct on all your retirement accounts and insurance policies. Uh, in terms of other essential documents, be sure to clearly dictate who you want to take care of your kids if they're still minors. If they're adults, spell out how you want your assets divided. You don't want an ex-spouse, for example, to receive something you'd rather have your child receive because you neglected to update your documents. Well, definitely. That's that's really important. Now, let's keep moving. I know we've talked a lot about what happens when you turn 50 or what you need to be aware of. Uh, where would you like to head next? Well, let's wrap up the show today by spending some time analyzing some of the things you and your finances should be aware of when you turn 65. So this is a different article, but also from AARP, and it's five things you need to know about finances when turning 65. So as many listeners likely already know, that age 65 is that big year when it comes to uh, retirement planning. It used to be the old number for social security, and you know you retire with a pension and a gold watch. So it's still kind of a, a, a milestone age for retirement. Sure. And I think a lot of people probably think they know what turning 65 means. Uh, but I'm guessing you're going to have a few surprises for us. Sure. The first thing you should be aware of about turning 65 is not the full Social Security retirement age anymore. Even though retirement marketing can sometimes make it seem like it is with Social Security, the full retirement age was actually 66 if you were born between 1943 and 1954. And then it rises in two month increments each year until it hits 65. And so anybody who's, I'm sorry, 67. So anybody who was born um, after 1967 or later, it's, it's gonna be your full retirement age. Now you can claim benefits at 62, that's when you're eligible, but you get a permanent reduction. So your payments are gonna be smaller for the rest of your life. And uh, that could be one of the worst filing strategies for social security. Well, how much smaller are we talking? Well, if you're born in 55, say, uh, your, your full retirement age would be 66 in two months. You file for social security at 65, you're enrolling 14 months early. So your benefit would actually be reduced by nearly 8%. And keep in mind that enrolling early can also reduce the survivor benefit for your spouse. And that's something where Social Security gets complicated because it's, it's not necessarily how long you're going to be receiving your benefit, but it's how long the last surviving spouse will be receiving your benefit. If you took it at 62, we're talking about a 70% uh, of your benefit, a 30% reduction. Wow, okay. So uh, to me, what you're talking about there is if Social Security is going to be a part of your financial strategy, it's going to be wise once again to meet with somebody like yourself. I know uh, you have, Greg, you have a Social Security maximization report that can help our listeners figure out what their options are, where their sweet spot is as far as when to file and spousal strategies, things like that. Yeah, and that's complimentary. If anybody wants that Social Security Max uh, report run, you can go to our website, um, click the Contact Us link and, and request that. We'll be happy to run that for you. Um, leave nothing to chance. It does 20,000 calculations and it comes up with the ideal strategy for maximizing joint lifetime benefits. Now, retirement programs that are essential for many retirees, again, Tony, it's 65, it's Medicare time. So if you happen to enroll in Social Security before 65, you'll automatically be enrolled in Medicare. But if you turn 65 and you haven't filed for Social Security, you must formally enroll in Medicare. Now you have a seven month window, it's around your 65th birthday. So up to three months prior, 
and up to three months after your 65th, you can enroll. Now, option A is required as a penalty if you don't. Um, you can you can actually enroll in Medicare on the Social Security website, even if you're not taking Social Security. So I've barely scratched the surface with regards to MediCard's rules and regulations. So I'd highly recommend um, for today's listeners, discuss the program with your financial services professional and make sure you have a plan uh, for your, your Medicare and your Social Security. Yeah. And, and you've said this time and time again, but Social Security and Medicare are two parts of your retirement strategy that you need to be fully knowledgeable about. Uh, so why go it alone? Work with somebody like yourself, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. And now another thing to be aware of when turning 65 is that you can use your health savings account. They're called HSAs um, for health expenses. In fact, an HSA may supply you with a triple tax break. First, your contributions are tax deductible or they're pre-tax if your HSA is through your employer. Second, the money in your HSA grows tax deferred. And third, you may be able to withdraw the money tax-free for qualifying medical expenses. So best of all, when you turn 65, you can begin using your HSA for more expenses than you could before that birthday. While you must stop making those contributions once you've enrolled in Medicare A or B, the money in your account may continue to grow and be used for some future medical expenses. So also, you often have to pay taxes and a penalty if you use that HSA money for something other than qualified medical expenses. But those penalties vanish when you turn 65 and you only have to pay taxes on money that's used for the non-medical reasons. Right. And I think that's huge as well. Uh, Now, I have a question for you. Should saving for retirement stop once we turn 65? No. Um, If you're still enjoying your job when you're 65, even if it's on, say, a freelance or even a part-time basis, you you should keep saving for retirement. You can continue dedicating money into your Roth or 401k as long as you've got earned income from a job. Once you retire and you don't have earned income anymore, you can no longer contribute to those retirement accounts. Now, you have numerous retirement savings options uh, shortly before you turn 65, as well as after you've hit that milestone. So again, work with a financial service professional and develop a strategy that fits uh, your goals. Yeah, that's that's good advice. So I think this has been an excellent show today, a good topic. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? So getting the plan in place is key. You know that there's milestones when you turn 50. It's kind of a wake-up call. 65 is another milestone. We want to make sure that we know exactly where our retirement income is going to be coming from. We need our Social Security strategy, our Medicare strategy, our health goals. All these things come into play. So if you have any questions on today's show or you'd like to talk about getting a plan in place, again, no cost, no obligation, give us a call, 808-791-2924. All right, sounds good. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Retirement Paradise with our host, Craig Gunther. Thank you for listening to Retirement Paradise. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Craig Gunther at the Retirement Optimization Group. Call 808-791-2924 or visit their website at therogroup.org. Greg Gunther and the Retirement Optimization Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.